This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode 340. CJ and I are going to sit back, take a look, and reflect on 2019. It's recorded live December the 20th, 2019. Thanks to our sponsor, Raygun. Raygun provides full stack, error, crash, and performance monitoring for tech teams. Whether you're a software engineer looking to diagnose and resolve issues with greater speed and accuracy, a product manager drowning in bug reports, or you're just concerned you're losing customers due to poor quality online experiences, Raygun can provide you with the answers. Get full stack error and performance monitoring in one place. The next time that you're struggling to replicate errors and performance issues in your code base, think Raygun. Head over to raygun.com and get up and running within minutes and dramatically improve the online experience of your users. I think it's been at least, if not more than a month since you and I have like literally seen each other or even spoken or even done a podcast together. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> it certainly has. It's, it's nice to see you again. <laughs> exactly. Hi, I'm Andrew Connell. <laughs> yeah. I am the person formerly known as Chris Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, before, I guess the last time we did this was right before, it was the week before Thanksgiving in the U.S., so like middle of November. Yep. This is the week before Christmas right now. And then you took off and went to Mexico for, what, like a week or two? And... You got back, and right when you got back, I had left and went to, I had a hell of an adventure. I was gone for two weeks at two conferences that did not go anywhere near as planned as it was supposed to. But um, it's good to finally catch up with you, man. I, I can tell you, you did a good job with the interviews when I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? But you did a good job. You did a good oh, job with the show. Okay, there yeah. you go. Perfect. I also mentioned that for those of you who are wondering why it didn't go to plan, I mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a week ago, that you were traveling and you'd got really sick. Oh my so, god! Uh, yeah, yeah, that sucks, man. I will. I'll spare everybody like the gory details, right? But so yeah, the day after Thanksgiving, I flew uh, Prague in the Czech Republic. I think it's the Czech Republic. I think you don't just say it's not Czechoslovakia, the Czech Republic. Yeah, Czechia. Anyway, so flew over for the European SharePoint conference. Got there on a Sunday, I think it was. I had a full day workshop on SharePoint framework stuff on Monday, and then on. Tuesday, we were. I was supposed to go out and do like a walking, a cool walking tour that a couple of friends we had we had booked, and I started not feeling too good. I had a session on Wednesday and a session on Thursday, and was scheduled to fly out on Friday morning back to the U.S. And I was going to meet my family in South Carolina because my kids had a swim meet, and then from there, I was going to fly on the following Monday up to Chicago for SP Fest. Well, on Tuesday, I wasn't feeling, I wasn't feeling all that good, and then on Wednesday, I was fine. But Wednesday, like around lunchtime, started getting a stomach ache. And like 10 minutes before my session started, I got like violently ill. Oh, no. There's a video of me on Twitter from a guy. Uh, I think it was Kevin McDonald that took the video. And he's got me like standing off. It was I was on the big keynote stage. I didn't fill up the entire room, but I was still was on the big keynote stage. And there was a, so there's a backstage component to it. Yeah. And the conference, one of the um, ladies from the conference realized that I was really sick. And she comes over and she was talking to me and somebody's like, they're video and they're going, look, you know, just talking about getting ready before the show or whatever. And I was like, no, we were talking about, should we cancel the session? And she was showing me where the bathroom was backstage oh, if no. I had to leave. And so I got, I got 30 minutes into the session, all of a sudden realized that I'm about to get sick again, wrapped it up really quick, finished an hour long session, 20 minutes early immediately got walked off stage, raced to the bathroom, got sick again, packed oh, up my stuff. Brutal. And long story short, a little bit shorter, 
I was supposed to fly out on Friday. That was a Wednesday. I ended up getting uh, contracting something called norovirus, which if you don't know what that is, you Google it, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna explain on the show what that is. <laughs> but uh, I was supposed to fly out on Friday, and let's just say that I got to enjoy my view of Prague was the Prague airport where I did not leave the room for two days, a hotel room at the airport for two days. And I I ended up flying out on Wednesday, missed my kids' swim meet. One of my sessions got canned to get canceled at ESPC. But, you know, it's a friend of ours, Chris O'Brien, made a comment, and he's so true. I mean, it's it's my biggest fear of all this travel stuff that we do, especially speaking at conferences or teaching, is that, you know, at one point you're going to get sick when you're traveling. And this time my number was up. It finally got me. And it just, man, you just, this is the one thing you just don't want. You don't want this when you're traveling. It was not fun. No, that sounds miserable. It was. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry for the people that missed the, one guy left a comment on the session. I finished early. He goes, this was not a 300 level session. I'm like, you're right. That was the last 20 minute demo that I was supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got the short version. Sorry, dude. Yakking out the back. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, but how was Mexico? Oh, really good. Really good. Super nice to kick back for a while. Yeah, the pictures look good. Yeah, it was really nice. Really nice. It was good R&R. But you know, sliding into the Christmas break now. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, taking it a bit easy. Actually trying to catch up on a bunch of stuff that I haven't got to during the year. I'm actually mm-hmm. making, you know, I flag stuff in my inbox for follow-up. Mm-hmm. It's my sort of to-do list in my inbox. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, really long. And now it's like less than a page. It's like maybe half a page. Nice. Items, which I'm going to get to it. By the end of Christmas Eve, I'm going to have nailed it all. And um, I just, I don't know, I just feel good about catching up on some of those things. A lot of the responses have been like, I'm really sorry it's taken me so long to get back to you. Right? Which, because, you know, you just, oh man. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. I get how it. it is. Yep. I totally get yep. it. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've been swamped with a, something I've been working on. And it, it finally all came together. Really, for the most part, it all came together in the last 24 hours. And so I expected to be, this is the Friday before Christmas, I expected all day today to be working on it. And thankfully, I can get up, I can breathe. And now it's all of this stuff that I've wanted to do that has not been able to get done that I'm just, I'm doing that same kind of thing. It's all like knocking stuff off, but it's all stuff that is nobody else is involved. It's just things that I had to do. And man, it's just, it is, it's so nice to be it's so nice to be in that position. My goal is by the end of the day today, I don't plan on, I guess I'm going to put it in quotes, but working for the rest of the year until the first full week of January. So taking the next two weeks off, I'm still going to be doing stuff. I'm not really going to be working, but it's all like internal stuff, not talking to anybody, hopefully not even opening up Outlook, just just getting stuff done. Nice. Today, we've got a couple things we want to do. Two things mainly we want to do. We want to talk a little, there's a little bit of news that we want to cover some interesting stuff that we want to cover fairly quickly, but then we want to go back and look. We do this every year, and I thought we would look back at 2019. Specifically, we did an episode that we published back in January of 2019, towards the end of January, and we had some wishes, we had some goals, things that we had we would hope would happen in 2019, and I thought that it'd be fun if I kind of read this stuff out and saw how on-base, off-base, and how poorly you and I have follow through <laughs> on different things. But hey, we'll get there. We'll get okay. there. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Nintex. If you could score an extra hour or two back in your day, wouldn't you take it? Because our friends at Nintex want to give you a gift 
the gift of time. Seriously, if you haven't checked out what Nintex has to offer lately, you should. The platform built on Azure has evolved a lot. In just the past few months, the Nintex team has added new process mapping capabilities and most recently a new eSign capability called Nintex Sign, powered by Adobe Sign. Nintex also continues to revolutionize products that you know and trust, including Nintex Workflow and Forms. With the power of Nintex, it is faster and easier for you to configure, not code, giving you valuable time back every day to spend it how you want. Test drive the Nintex Process Cloud at Nintex.com. And now back to the show. All right, so first up is the news. So I see you've got a, we, it's funny because as we were pasting in a couple of news things here that we want to share with everybody, I literally was about to put like two of these links in here and you put them right before me. So why don't we start with the Microsoft stuff? Oh, we've got three things here. So why don't you grab one of these links and share with them, with our listeners, or grab the one that you most want to, that you most want to do. Yeah, sure. The one that bugs me the most is Microsoft to have finally set a date for shutting down Wonderlist. Mm. So Wonderlist was they bought in 2015 and it's a to-do app mm-hmm. and Microsoft have been saying for years that they are going to shut it down and uh, they've finally picked a date and are shutting it down. This is the same one that the guy that sold it to him, he tried to buy it back from him and Microsoft yeah. has kind of given him the silent treatment on it. Christian Reber, I think yeah. his name is. Yeah, it's, I, don't, I don't know. I use it and I really enjoy it and I just it just bugs me that I've got to move to something just because they're shutting it down and it's not broken at all. Mm. I knew the time was coming, but it just makes me sad still. So to do, I've been, I'm on to do wife's on to do as well. We use it for a grocery list. So I kind of like it. I kind of don't like it. The mobile experience, well, the desktop experience, the mobile experience, the, the syncing capability of it, it really sucks. I think it's, it's really slow. Interesting. The browser based one, Here's the thing I don't like about it is that you can do something on your phone, but what you really have to do is you have to just open it up on your phone or your tablet or the browser, and you want to wait for about 60 seconds because there's no indication that it's updating. The only way you know that it's not current is if you look at it and you're like, I know I clicked that off or I know that I, whatever. And you just have to sit there and wait, but they don't do anything to tell you that it's updating. And what's really infuriating... Best thing about Wonderlist is it's bulletproof. In the browser-based version of To Do, you would think that that's the one that you should get, that should be live. But apparently it acts like it has some sort of a local cache and it's, it's working the same way like the mobile app is. It doesn't at least give me some sort of an indication that it's syncing or that it's updating. Yeah. I don't even do that. Bummer. But I mean, it works. It's fine. I use another app for all my task list stuff that I do, all my to-do items that I use for work. We use it for the podcast. And I'm getting really close to just saying, just ditching to-do and switching everything over to that app. The the mobile app of it isn't that great. It's mainly like a business task thing. The mobile app isn't that great. The, uh, The tablet app isn't that great. The web experience is fantastic. But I mean, it just... I like the capabilities it has and the to-do app. It just, I don't know. I kind of like, I have two separate places to do to do my task list. It's like, this yeah. is kind of dumb. So I think I'll end up probably moving to to-do, but I'm going to look at others as well because, I don't know, something just bugs me about to-do. Mm. I don't know what it is exactly. It's like, I don't know, I just don't trust Microsoft with tasks. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because... <laughs> Am I, mean, I ever they thinking were, that? 
<laughs> well, no, I mean, you're not. I mean, it's, there's, I don't know if I should, I'm not going to go there. So it's not only the task side of it, but the other side too is like how everyone's starting to, you know, go with the Chromium Edge, go with Chromium Edge. And I watched you have a discussion with somebody else and uh, recently, and there was a whole like, you know, give me a reason to actually switch to it. Like, oh, well, it syncs my, it syncs stuff across my browser instances. Like, well, so does Chrome. Like, going, yeah, but I do it with a Microsoft account. I'm like, yeah, that's not really a feature to me. <laughs> But and now Microsoft said, "Oh, you, know, you we're mean have so it'll sign you out more often?" Correct. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and I don't know if you saw this, but Microsoft has this news here. They had this thing where they said that they were working on something for the browser to have like a, a password management app that they're going to have for you. Okay, that reaction is mine. I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm going to trust putting all my passwords in a Microsoft app and potentially watch it go away. I'm happy. With, I know you're. I think a one pass. One password. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm last pass. I'm like. No way. There's no freaking way I'm moving. It's like, I don't care. So No, I not a chance. Yeah. yeah. Anywho, uh, yeah, so that's uh, shutting down Wonderlist. So another bit of news we have here is from sportsdid.com. They have an article here that says there are 44 million users that use 1Password for all the personal accounts. So Microsoft presented results of, another, of a study from the security intelligence report, from their security intelligence report, that it said... From January to March of 2019, more than 3 billion credentials were verified from various sources, including public databases. The idea about this was to check and see how many people are using the same credentials across different accounts. Yeah. I've seen this show up as more of an issue where we've seen like uh, Ring, the doorbell company, and yeah. the, there's been a bunch of news about how they've been, accounts there have been compromised. And same thing with like Disney Plus, they said the same thing. They did the research and they're like, we haven't been compromised but the accounts that people are reporting, these are accounts that have been published as being compromised, like on Troy Hunt's... Yeah, have I been pwned? Yeah, have I been pwned? And you're using the same username and password. So, I mean, it's kind of... At your, what do that's you not expect? their problem. It, yeah, it's your problem. <laughs> yeah. I actually had a, I had a bit of a tweet rant while you were away about... my. I got a fraudulent $3 something charge on my credit card. Mm. It was attempted, but the credit card company stopped it beforehand, obviously. Oh, thank goodness, $3 saved. And for the pleasure of saving me from all of that fraud, they cancelled the card and replaced it and saved me all of that horrific pain and suffering I would have had, which I ultimately had anyway, because I had to go update it on all my subscriptions and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's Mm. such a... Absolute, I don't know if it's just a thing in the US because of the way we use credit cards for stuff, but like it is such a royal pain in the ass to have to go through and change all that stuff. And then you forget about things and then you get warnings about like, oh, your payments failed or whatever. Anyway, so Chase, I'm really thankful you saved me from $3 of fraud for possibly hours of pain and suffering of me changing everything over. Now, I know I'm ranting about this, but where I'm going with it is why on this beautiful green blue earth do we not have two factor auth for credit card transactions agreed and a lot of people replied to my tweet saying well but you've got chip and pin and i was like that doesn't secure anything mm-hmm. you've still got a credit card number that can be used online right mm-hmm. you don't do chip and pin for that and they said bring up a bunch of these other security measures so i was like yes that's wonderful for in person i understand that but so long as credit cards are insecure by design then, because they want you to use them online, right? Like they want mm-hmm. you to use them without you having to be there. That will always be a problem. And I just want a credit card. And I'm surprised Apple didn't do this with their credit card. I want a credit card that when you are not present, 
right? When you use the number online or at a subscription and somebody bills you, that you get the opportunity to approve or decline it as a second factor of authorization. I agree. I totally agree. And, and it's funny when people say the whole, yeah, but you got chip and pin. I have, I have an Apple Card. Not in the US, card. you don't. Well, that's the thing. You have, you have chip. But I've used, even using my card, my, my chip and pin Amex or my chip and pin Apple Card, which is a MasterCard, even using those overseas, outside the U.S., like I just yeah, did a couple weeks ago. Pin anyway. The pin, I was never asked for the pin, much less, uh. I don't have a freaking clue what my pin is on either one of those cards. <laughs> so I'm like, I, wait, if I went to use them, and I don't even know where to go find it. I mean, there's, it never, they never told me what the pin was. I went and checked. There's nothing on the site that I can actually change the pin. There's no information that actually says, here's how you set your pen. I'm like, what, what the hell am I supposed to do I, here? I, I yeah, I mean, part of that is definitely a U.S. thing, right? The U.S. has only, like, chip and pin is, like, there's a lot of merchants that still don't have the capability of taking a card with a chip. I mean, it's utterly ridiculous that in this day and age, you could still swipe a credit card with the magnetic strip and sign a freaking receipt. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, it's not widespread in the rest of the in the rest of the world, and it seems to be the U.S. that are the only ones left that I've experienced anyway that where you go overseas and you swipe your credit card and people are like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Why does it say must sign? Why does it say sign with signature? What is that? Like, they don't yeah. even know what to do anymore. Yeah. Or you give, you know, the, the, the waiter comes by and like, here, you give him your card and he goes to go take it away. And like, what are you doing that? They're supposed to bring the thing to you in charge. Like, that eh, makes more yeah. sense. But. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, two-factor auth for credit cards would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Much like two-factor auth for all your, full circle back to this news article, two-factor auth for all your accounts, then it doesn't matter if you use the same password. Well, I will say that the one thing they do need to do for accounts that are shared, they need to make it a hell of a lot easier to have other people use the same account, so multiple logins on the account, or multiple two-factor on the account. So like, for example... Yeah, text to two phones or something. My Amazon account, I had a bunch of points on it. My wife had to do a bunch of Christmas shopping while I was out of the country, I had to turn off two-factor um, while we were doing it because she couldn't get into the account while two-factor was on because I, mean, I was sound asleep when she was doing a lot of the stuff. So Ah, uh, gotcha. You could still wire her phone up as a with like Authy to do a, a like one-time password, one-time code generation. We tried to do that, and you couldn't have two of them set up at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah, it did not work. It was driving us nuts. So I finally was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to turn it off. Bummer. Yeah, we'll move on. Passwords are done. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, another bit of thing here that you and I... We challenged ourselves, and then I think somebody else leveled it up and reminded us that we challenged ourselves. Yes. So Microsoft has a certification exam for developers that are building applications and solutions with Microsoft 365. The exam is MS-600, and it is really targeted around people who are working on Microsoft Teams, Microsoft add-ins, or sorry, Office add-ins, SharePoint framework, and actionable messages. And you and I said that we were going to go take this exam. The news here, actually, let me, let me back up. The news here is that this is a beta exam right now. Microsoft is offering 80% off on the exam, which is $165. Yep. In the US, it's $165 today. And they're offering 80% off on the beta. And they've extended it through January the 10th. Now, yep. you and I said we were going to do this. And I know we haven't done it yet. Yep. And then s- someone called us out on Twitter and said, hey, reminder, you guys said you got to do, do this. Yep. Yeah, I'm so nervous about it. <laughs> I am too. I think I'm a little more nervous because I'm actually writing content for the exam. Yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah exactly. Content. Yeah, exactly. 
I'm really nervous about it. It's so strange, but I've always been nervous about doing these because it's like, I don't know, there's something about your job being involved in this space, mm. right? And you're sort of hired to know what you're doing in this space, mm. right? And then if you fail, it doesn't, it doesn't look very good. It's kind and of so, like going to go take a driving test again. And like, I know how to drive, but you go take a driving test. Like, sorry, you failed. I'm like, no, I know how to drive. But yeah. you take your license now. I'm really nervous about it. I'm definitely going to do it before the... I'm going to do it over the break, I think, because A, I want to do the beta because it's uh, 80% off. Mm. And so failing for only 20% seems much better than failing for 100% of the cost. Well, and I think passing is a 70%. So you only need a 70% to pass, which is good because there are some of the topics that like I don't know squat about. Yeah. 80% off. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. Uh, the exam code is MS600. Uh, CG and I will get it done. We'll get it done before January the 10th because we want to save some money on it. And I would challenge our listeners now. So you challenge me, I challenge you, Dean. <laughs> okay, so, so the, okay, so rules of engagement. Okay. Are we going to show each other each other's transcripts from the exam. Yes. So we can see who did well on certain things and who didn't do well on certain things. Let's be transparent about it. I'm, well, let's be transparent to each other about it. We'll decide when we see the results if we're transparent to the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> fair, fair enough. This may be the last you ever hear of this, just saying. <laughs> hey, CJ, you take the exam? Yep. Hey, CJ, you take the exam? Yep. yep. Cool. So now for the news. <laughs> Move it, moving right along. <laughs> nice, nice. Hey, Google have set a deadline for themselves as for 2023 as beating Amazon and or Microsoft in the cloud. Mm. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So apparently there was a whole bunch of pressure internally at Google to basically get good or get out by the sounds of it. Mm -hmm. And so they basically came up with this timeline and said, well, one person they were considering canceling, like just stopping the project, I think. Somebody mentioned that it was floated around. But it sounds like they've backed off that and have now said, hey, we need a timeline to basically say, when are we going to get there? How are we going to measure ourselves in terms of progress? And um, yeah, get good or get out. This seems ballsy. Like it's, I don't know how they're going to do this. It's interesting because they're denying it. They're denying that any of these conversations have taken place. Oh, please. I agree, yeah. Yeah. The article is interesting because it goes into enough depth to show that it is, they will not make money on it unless they get to a certain size. But I mean, when you look at the investments that Microsoft has made and that AWS has made, and I know that Google's making a bunch of investments, but that is to say that, you know, that you're going to, we're going to make a bunch of investments, doesn't work, we're going to pull out, like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, this is the way that, I don't know if Google does this exactly. It doesn't seem like they do, but I know AWS runs Amazon and Azure runs Microsoft. And these are platforms that customers can use as well. I don't know how much of GCP is used by Google for like the search infrastructure and stuff. So it's it's like how much of it is a capital expense and then how much of it is a, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I find it an interesting data point. But Yeah, yeah, I guess time will tell. But hey, I mean, at least they've set themselves a deadline of like get good, you know, get to number two, mm -hmm. try to beat Microsoft. I, that's almost unachievable at this point, I imagine. Yeah. No. So yes, we will, time will tell, but interesting to see that pressure. This episode is sponsored by Halfpoint. A 99.9% .9 SLA means you're protected from power outages, bad patches, natural disasters, and maybe even a dinosaur attack. But does it protect you from yourself though? Avpoint Backup for SharePoint Online provides full fidelity backup and recovery from individual items to entire sites. 
Affpoint can run backups up to four times a day to ensure your data is secure. Recover anytime you want without having to pick up the phone and schedule restore windows. Learn why Affpoint is the Microsoft Cloud expert at www.avpoint.com. This episode is sponsored by ShareGate. For those of us familiar with ShareGate, we know that they've always been all about SharePoint and Office 365 migration. But now that we've moved to the cloud, like me, you're probably thinking about how to scale your Office 365 to a full self-service environment without worrying about the thousands of groups and teams popping up out of nowhere, aka Sprawl. That's where the folks at ShareGate developed ShareGate Apricot. It's a solution that helps us automate our Office 365 group governance by allowing us to collaborate with users to keep everyone accountable for the things that they create. Their super simple to use in-app experience lets us lighten our load by delegating group management responsibilities to users that we trust, AKA no more sprawl. Want to get your hands on ShareGate Apricot? Try it for free for 30 days at sharegate.com slash cloud show. Back to the show. All right, CJ, we've gone through the news. Yeah. You want to see how poorly <laughs> we can predict things? It sounds bad. I don't even remember what we said. Uh, here we go. Okay. So I've got you it up. Remind me. I've got it up. So here's what we did. So if you want to go back and listen to this, back in on episode 287, we had an episode called Looking Forward to 2019. It was published on January the 22nd of 2019. So episode 287. Now, and you can pull this up in the show notes, but I can read both of this stuff, both of these out for us if you like. What we did is we broke this down into wishes and goals, and we each picked three of each of these. So let me read yours out to you, and I'll let you give yourself a score on this. So CJ's wishes. Number one, Microsoft gets back to the mobile game with note-taking in a big way, i.e. courier. It's not out yet, so it's hard to say. Unless they cancel, which I can't see that happening. Well, I can't see that happening. Talk about a 70-yard Hail Mary in the last five seconds of the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened before. I mean, I don't think they're going to dominate it. I don't think they're going to... I think it's fair to say they've made moves in that space with what they're doing with the new Surface device, but it'll be nice to see it out. Like, I haven't I haven't felt one, I haven't played with one, so hard to say whether it will hit the mark for me, but I do think it's interesting that they're doing that. Was it the Neo and the Duo is what they're called? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Here we go. Your second wish. Okay. One development model for the Microsoft Graph and SharePoint framework for all of Office 365. This was the same wish you had from the previous year. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been wishing for this for a while. Definitely a no on that dog. I think that the slowly trying to push that, like we're starting to see, you know, SPFX and Teams is a, obviously a thing that's new this year, I believe. Yep. And SPFX in Office add-ins is also a new thing this year. So there is strides in that direction, but I don't think I would go so far as to say we've got one development model for all of Office 365. Not yet. We definitely don't. Now, they are getting there, but not the way that you're looking at it. Like, having gra Graph is still going to be separate. But I know they have talked about how they want to do, they want to merge, like, Teams dev and SharePoint Framework dev and Office add-in dev. They want to merge all that stuff together. And that yep. they have publicly said that, and they have publicly pushed that. They just haven't implemented it yet. Okay. So I give myself a no for that one. And this is going to come up again with mine as well. But So your third wish was, and I'm not, I can't remember exactly what this is, but... Microsoft slash Azure learned that an ISV Azure apps are often multiple customers. ACR recognition doesn't work. I actually give myself a mark for that one because there is now a program in Azure that we're involved in actually 
partner Azure Consumed Revenue, I think it's called, and it gives us the ability for our SaaS applications to report to Microsoft which customers our consumption of Azure was for. Mm. And so we are able to divvy up X amount of dollars for this customer, X amount of dollars for that customer, X amount of dollars for this customer, and report that to Microsoft so that their account teams are recognized for that Azure consumption because mm. of our applications. Okay, I got you. So I, I see what you're saying. That's the polite way of putting it. The impolite way of putting it is it's an absolute dog's breakfast how it's implemented. <laughs> 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 but anyway, it includes spreadsheets and manually sending stuff to people. It's really hokey. But it is there. Sounds like a small business. Yeah. Okay. Anywho. Um, so, yeah, they've definitely made moves in that regard. It's just not great yet. Gotcha. Okay. So is let me do three? my wishes. That's your thing. Yeah. So what'd you get? You got a one. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the courier one. I'm going to give you the note taking one. That's a one. Zero yep. for the one dev model. And you're going to give yourself another one. So you get, you get two out of three. Yeah, I think so. Maybe, I mean, the third one is a stretch. It's like maybe, yeah, but it's possible to do. But the way you said it was that, Microsoft and Azure learn that ISV Azure apps are often multiple customers. So they do, they recognize it, they just they haven't made it nice. Yeah, it's not not a great implementation yet, but they understand the problem. Okay. So my wish, my first one is SharePoint framework turns into Office 365 extensibility. And mm. I'm going to give myself a, a point on that one because so they have kind of implemented this because it is used for Teams extensibility. Yep. There was supposed to be an update that they announced at Ignite that was supposed to ship right around Ignite, and then it didn't ship, well, it won't ship until 2020, early 2020. That was going to give us a dev preview way to build Office add-ins for the Outlook web experience in dev preview. And ultimately, that'll go further. And they've publicly said that they want to make it, it looks like it's going to go from the SharePoint framework to be renamed to something called, something along the lines of M365 framework or something like that. At least that's what it, that's what it appears to be. But I'm going to give myself a point because that's what they did. They should call it the add-in model. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I thought solutions was good. I, I couldn't help myself. My second one is Azure AD finishes their commitments with the portal and MSAL. <laughs> and it's funny you say this because in a private little group that you and I are in, yep. a friend of ours posted a GitHub issue from the VS Code repo where. The VS Code guys put a Santa hat on the VS Code logo, and someone posted an issue in the VS Code issue list that said that was highly offensive because of some other stuff. It, it very offensive to them, and you should see the number of... I'm not going to get detailed into it, but they're going to say that this one group of people, how many people have been killed by Christians, and right. that this is highly offensive, and they, they equated it to a swastika. And Microsoft immediately came back and said, oh, I'm so sorry, we'll pull it off. They took the whole thing off. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? That's all it takes to get Microsoft to move? Can I say that I'm heavily offended by the identity team so we can just wipe them out too? <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, I mean, they've had a sketchy record this year, I think it's fair to say. I'm going to give them a half, I'm going to give myself a half a point because they did finish their commitments with the portal. MSAL is not done yet. And it is still incredibly hard. I got in a little bit of trouble for a comment I made in the last couple of weeks where I told someone that they said that MSAL was done. And I'm like, no, no, no. MSAL is like, the documentation for Microsoft Identity is, to me, is the same as buying a car from Ikea, except we've thrown the really good Ikea instructions out. And instead, they've written all the instructions for MSAL on Post-it notes, shuffled them up, and then threw them in the box and said, good f***ing luck. 
Oh, and by the way, you're missing a few screws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you figure out the order they go in. So yeah. I'm definitely not going to give myself a point on the M cells. Or if you you know you, you construct your your IKEA furniture, you know, and as you're building it, you accidentally sort of push it in one direction too much, and like some of the screws sort of rip out of the particle board. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it feels like that using the yeah SDKs. So I'm not going to give myself a credit. On, I'm like, I'll give myself a half a point on that one. Yeah. Now, hey, somebody was saying though. Somebody from Google's moved over to the auth team, right? To yep. the identity team. Yeah. And is responsible for like the for MSAL and all of that and the SDKs and things. Yeah. So maybe nope. maybe there's some future there. Nope. Uh. Well for that for to me for the identity team, put up or shut up. I don't care what you have to say. I'm done with you guys. I'm done. There's a backstory that went on in the last couple of weeks that I will wait to see what their execution looks like. I still think it's, I think that the documentation and the learning story for MSAL is just a complete train wreck. But, and for all, all of Microsoft identity is a complete train wreck. So I think I mentioned this in our private group. You know, it's bad when it's easier to handcraft the HTTP requests than use an SDK. It really is. I think it is. I mean, people will disagree with that, but I mean, I, I totally think it is. It's a lot simpler to, I don't know. Whatever. I think doing it with HTTP is a breeze in comparison. But anyway. My third wish was that the iPad soft keyboard would not come up when the keyboard's attached. So I used to see this a lot. And that was when you have oh, your iPad. Oh, yeah, when you're attaching it. Yeah, and, and not only that, but sometimes you'll, you'll while the keyboard's attached and you go to type something and that keyboard like slides up, the soft yes. keyboard's like, like, what the hell, man? Yeah. What, why? Sorry what for the all these alerts. There's. Apparently, all my Christmas orders are showing up today for the little app that oh, I have. Gotcha. You know, these notifications. It's out for delivery, up for delivery. Yeah. This used to happen a lot more often. It doesn't happen as much with iOS 13. So, yeah, I've noticed that too. In fact, I can't remember the last time it's happened. So, I don't know if I give myself a full point or half a point. Yeah, I'd give yourself a point. I think that's pretty reasonable. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to know if it never happens, but I think it's definitely been at least tried to be addressed by the looks of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd give yourself a point for that. I've cool. noticed it too, actually. Now you made me think about it. I used to irritate the hell out of me all the time. Mm. Check, you know, you click into a text box or whatever, and bloop, there comes the keyboard. Okay, you got two points. I apparently got two and a half points. So nicely done. Kicked your ass, man. All right, now hey, we did. I, th- I think we did. We didn't miss things too bad. No, we didn't. Too badly. I was expecting, you know, maybe one out of three. <laughs> yeah. Then again, those are these were wishes, and do you know what? To be honest. When I said that I wish Azure AD would finish their commitments on the portal and MSAL, I never would have said that that would have happened. Same thing for you, though, with Microsoft gets in the mobile game with note-taking in a big way. I would have said that was never going to happen. So, got to give ourselves some credit on that. That was really a completely uninformed wish. Like, I really had no idea. I just wished they would do something in that space. Yeah, so I was asking for identity to finish their job. <laughs> hey, they were wishes. you got to be ambitious. <laughs> All right, now, we also did... And I like that we did this. And I think that we should, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this again for next year, unfortunately. Well, I'm looking forward to doing it. I don't, it doesn't look like I'm going to have to do too much work to figure out what they're going to be, though. So then we had our goals. And these were maybe work things, maybe personal things. But these are things that we were striving for in 2019. So you had three. Your first one. Oh, God. I'm about to cringe, aren't I? Okay. No, I don't it. know. You're the only one that can answer it. I think one of them you definitely got. The other one is really going to be up to you. So the first one is mindfulness and family being able to switch off. Oh, yeah. I've really tried hard on that this year, especially in the last three months or so. It's been a real topical thing for me. And um, yeah, I won't get into all the gnarly detail, but like, but it's definitely been a focus in the last three months for sure. Okay. You had another one. 
leadership versus management versus maker. Oh, boy. I continue to struggle with that. From when we did this to what you're doing now in terms of the, your job role. Yeah, very different. It's very different. And so yep. I don't know if, how, if you want to share any with, with the listeners, but your day-to-day like job at Hyperfish slash Live Tiles is very different from what this was before. And so I think that, I mean, maybe it's, it, may, it may not apply. Yeah, no, definitely. So a year ago, I was still working just on Hyperfish and our small team, like we had you know, a handful of people in the engineering side of the business, including like support design and, and development. And, um, and so, but I was solely focused on that. And so I was still, still leading that team, but also building parts of the product, a little bit of parts of the product, not a lot. And then in June this year, I took on head of product for the, all of LiveTiles who bought us. So now all of their products come under me and all of engineering and all of product management. And so I've gone from a team of, I think, four or five a year ago to a team of 45 <laughs> or more actually now. I mean, we haven't formally integrated with some of the acquisitions we've done, so it's hard to say they're a part of my team yet. That's why I say I don't really know what the exact number is because that will change at the end of January as more of those folks come into the product team at LiveTiles. So my job has drastically changed a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. You've got to take a lot of time too, like wrapping your arms around it. So I mean... You haven't had as much time on the work-wise side, I mean, it, because this kind, in in a sense, this also is a it directly conflicts with the one that you had right before this, right? You've got time to get yeah. work done, and then you got the family stuff as well. And so, I think that you need to leadership and management is one thing, and then well, two things, but they're they're more work-wise. Where a maker, that's not what you're doing at work right now, and that also, if you want to do that, that so that also cuts into the personal time. But you can't really be a maker. Well, you, I guess you can, but in the way that you and I kind of think it... I was fixing bugs yesterday, man. Well, okay. <laughs> I was writing code. <laughs> Actually, which is funny because the guy that sits right behind me goes, why are you still doing that? Surely somebody else can do this, that you shouldn't be working on that. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. I probably shouldn't be in there fixing bugs in my old code, but I'm too embarrassed to give it to anybody else. <laughs> Should get you the coffee cup my wife sent me yesterday, which is, it says like 99 bugs, 99 bugs on the wall, 99 bugs, bugs on the wall, take one down, pass it around, 137 bugs on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. Right. It has definitely changed for me. I don't know what my, I don't know what I was trying to get good at there. Was it like just separating better or something? I don't know. I don't remember. And, I, and it might tie in, the maker part might tie in with the last one, which I think you've talked about this on the show. Anyway, if you, I think you've talked about it on the show. And even if you haven't, I give you a point on this because you all, all we wrote down was personal project, launch it. And I know what this oh, is, yeah. but you did launch it. Yeah, we've talked about it on the show. Okay. The cloudmarketshare.com. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So it's up there and running. I don't get as much time as I want to put into it to add what I want to add to it. Mm-hmm. Certainly not in the last six months, but it is out there. But it just doesn't get the love from me that it that it should have. And there's so much more I want to do with it. Sounds familiar. I got one that I want to talk to you about or share with you. I know I kind of teased it up on you on a, on a message, just like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about six yeah, hours later, like, you're like, you can't leave me hanging. <laughs> intriguing. Okay, so we're not going to. I don't know if we can score these, but these are. Those were your three goals. Yeah, it's interesting to review. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so my three, the one that I totally just bonked on is a personal maker project, uh, hardware dev. I knew exactly what I wanted to do, Ooh. and I didn't do anything about this, but think about it for a couple of weeks after this episode. And I mean, I'd love to do it, but I just, 
it's not going to happen. I don't. There's not enough time in the day. There's not enough time in the day, and there's just other stuff that I want to focus on that I think is a better use of my time. So fair enough. That's one. And the next two are they're epic fails, but also things kind of changed. So one of them was to complete my SharePoint framework course in the first half of 2019, which I did make a bunch of progress on it, but it still has four chapters left to, to publish, which I'm shooting to get those done in the first ha- first quarter of next year. But again, we'll see. I shouldn't say it like that. If you're one of my customers and you're listening to this, the goal is to get it done. And I really <laughs> want to get it done by, Janu- by the end of January. But I mean, my track record sucks. So, And the last one was to grow Voitanos into a complete marketing revamp. And I've done a lot around this, but only between my ears. I don't have really much to show for it. And I think, and I'll be completely candid, the reason why is because Microsoft got me involved. Microsoft invited me and I accepted to get involved in working on a lot of content for their development certification we talked about earlier. And so I'm doing a lot of self-paced learning or self-paced um, uh, education related to this. So if you've seen like in Microsoft Learn, a bunch of new content showing up around Microsoft Teams and Microsoft Identity and Microsoft Graph, that's all the stuff that I've been writing over the last six months. And I've got another six months of doing that. And to be honest, that really took a lot of my attention to be a little more honest, but not completely honest. I bid on a lot more than I thought it was going to be. And it's taking long. It's taking a lot more of my time than I anticipated, and so I'm I'm really frustrated that I I got into something without finishing my course first. But the course will be finished very soon, and I'm looking forward to like doubling my investments on time investments, I should say, on Voitanos in 2020. So got some really cool plans and stuff. Not time to share them right now, but I got some really cool plans and. Or I think it looks good. I think the worst stuff is behind me. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Well, those are good. Those are good to look back at. I'm really. It's really intriguing. We're going to do a look forward soon in the new year, right? So um, mm-hmm. we will look forward to that and think about our wishes and and uh, what do we call the second things? Not predictions. Um, goals. We have wishes goals. and goals. Wishes and goals for next year. Yeah. Yep. That's really good. Okay, we got one more thing to cover today. Yep. You ready? Definitely. ACs Voitanos delivers on-demand video-based training for developers on the latest SharePoint extensibility model from Microsoft in his course, Mastering the SharePoint Framework. And we're back. All right, the last thing we're going to cover today is picks. Now, we have a listener pick. Do you want to read that one out first? I haven't seen, I haven't looked at this one just yet. We have a listener pick? Oh, you put a listener pick in here, didn't you? Nope. I thought you did. No, nope. just notes. you and I this week. I was looking for a listener pick. But I never picked one. Oh, sorry. That was a listener pick from back in uh, episode 287 that I was just reading back from. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Never mind. Okay, now. No, I went looking for a listener pick. And so here's a friendly reminder. Send us your picks you on go. our Facebook page. If yeah. you find interesting things, send us to them. Because, uh, yes, we would love to hear more from you. My pick this week is... I think it's a German, it looks like a German website, um, but it's written in English. And it's an article from early December. Now, there was news that came out towards the end of November or in November where the US government said, be careful with the site TikTok or TikTok. It's a, yeah. it, there may be some privacy concerns and blah, blah, blah. So this German security researcher went in and did a detailed privacy check of the app TikTok and its corresponding website. He found 
multiple law infringements, trust, transparency, and data protection breaches. You want to talk about a teardown? This is awesome. He went through and found all this stuff shows like, I mean, this is like technical, technical stuff. Dives in, you can see where there's a bunch of trackers, how a bunch of information is being shared with Facebook. There's a bunch of things using techniques called canvas fingerprinting where it draws an image in the background using vector graphic commands and it's, it, the image gets rasterized in which the return gets saved. And so the the so-created data is is very unique among different devices. And so he's able to check the TikTok uses, it can check where users are, are watching stuff. They also do audio fingerprinting, um, which is this weird kind of like buzz beep that has a certain frequency that you can't hear, but dogs can hear it, I think is what it said. Wow. And how they use that to where they play the audio and it has the mic set up and they can actually tell what device you're listening, which one of your devices you're listening to the TikTok videos based on what your mic is picking up because of the fingerprint that they're using. It is, is an awesome article. You want, you want to sit there and be like, you know, Oh no, I'm good. I've got my cook. I'm I'm using this browser. It save you know doesn't save cookies. <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah, this is interesting. Wow, that is fascinating. I'm going to read all of that. That's really, really interesting. Cool stuff. Yeah, I I read about TikTok and some privacy issues or what have you in the news, but I didn't know about the details. So I'll definitely go have a a read into what they're getting at there. So what you got? Um, hey, my pick this week is heavy. It's heavy, bro. It is a book called NASA Past and Present Dreams of the Future. It is a book of over 200. It's quite large format, so it's huge and it's heavy. heavy. It's about five kilos or around 10 and a bit pounds. Yeah, freedom units, please. In weight. Yeah, freedom units, 10 pounds. (laughs) It is 295 millimeters by 375 millimeters the page the page size, which in freedom units is eleven point six by fourteen point seven inches. That's a big book. Three hundred and fifty pages with over two hundred images, and it's printed on two hundred grams per square meter, quite thick paper. So it's um I can't give you the freedom units and ounces on that one, sorry, but uh yeah, it's really nice and it's full of this guy, the creator, got access to a bunch of NASA objects, including everything from the shuttle to Saturn V, to Armstrong's rubber stamp that he used to stamp things on pages to say that he's read it, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. And he's taken beautiful photos of these things. And it's just those objects. There's no background. He's he's whited, He's removed all of the background. It's all white. It's on a white background, all these objects. So it's just that object. And it's really nicely presented. And um, I got it on Kickstarter and it arrived yesterday, actually. So I urge you to all go check that out if you're interested in stuff like this. It's called NASA Past and Present Dreams of the Future. On the website, he's got a behind the scenes like of how he took took some of these pictures and stuff. And this is this is neat. Yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting. Like the level of access that he got to certain stuff. There's a lot of modern things in there. Like there's 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 all the mock-ups of ISS. There's the shuttle, relatively modern, I suppose. There's like moon landers, you know, the lunar modules, there's the rubber stamps, there's shuttle artifacts, Saturn V, Mercury stuff, all these different spacesuits they've used. I mean, it's really all the capsules, a lot a lot of the capsules, helmets, film cameras, retro looking stuff. I mean, there's some really nice images in it. It's it's great. There's a picture of the Starliner that didn't make it to the right orbit today, too. <laughs> too soon. Oops. Too soon. 
Awkward. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so um, I think you can still get it. I assume you can go buy it online. It looks like you can. It says it is, you can buy it, it is 150 pounds. Yeah. It was 120 during the Kickstarter. It's one, it looked, it appears to be 150 pounds right now. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, not my, cheap. Oh my goodness. He's got lithograph, print, lithograph prints as well. Oh yeah. Of For, those same yeah. pictures. Yeah. Yeah, you can get them to go stick up on the wall. I might have to. I might have to get one of those. Oh, shuttle Atlantis. Oh. That's cool. How much is that? Just the nose of the shuttle, three hundred and fifty pounds. I don't know how much that is off the top of my head. Quite a bit. Yeah. I don't know what the exchange rate is right now, but it's definitely more than one to one. Let's see really quick. So Google, Google, one hundred and fifty pounds, two dollars. The book is about two hundred dollars. Oh yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. $195. bucks for, yeah, so 350 pounds is 456 US dollars. It's quality. So yes, I can attest. The book does look awesome. CJ showed it to me before we were recording. It is so heavy. It is. It can even knock over a Saturn V. A Lego version, mind you, but it can even knock yeah. over a Saturn V and knock it into many pieces. <laughs> CJ is going to be a maker later on this evening. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I managed to knock my Saturn V over and let's just say the shuttle is not pointing directly upwards right now. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> so the book toppled over and um, took out a couple of my Lego things, which basically meant I had a poor location to begin so, with. You're saying they don't look like that. No, they're not pointing directly upwards right now. (laughs) Pointy end goes up. Fire end goes down. This way up, that way down. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Awesome. Cool. All right, AC. Good to chat with you again, man. Great to be back in the saddle. Yeah, same here, man. It's good to be back. It's good to see you again. And um, looking forward to catching up. We still have to find time for just the two of us to catch up without the podcast on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's been a while, but we'll, uh, we'll get there. Absolutely. All right, man. Good to see you. Have a good one. Did you like this episode? Please tweet about it and drop a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find out about our show and grow the audience, and we would really appreciate it. If you got a question for us, go to microsoftcloudshow.com slash questions, where you can submit it as text or record it as a wave or an MP3 and provide a link to it so that we can play your question on the show. You can also subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts, in the Google Play Store, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. And finally, sign up to our mailing list by heading over to our website, microsoftcloudshow.com. You'll get notices of each new episode as well as the show notes sent directly to you each week. We'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks for listening.